0: Hey everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. All right, so we are talking about the signs, seven signs John wrote down in his uh, letters to, uh, to believers, to non-believers, to those who he wanted to uh, have the opportunity to, to experience Jesus, to know Jesus, um, not just in the time that he wrote it, uh, but 2,000-some years later, uh, for us to be able to have that writing and for us to be able to say, hey, these are clear Evidences. This is a clear sign of who Jesus is, not necessarily what Jesus can do, but for who Jesus is. And so John was known as the beloved, and so are you. You are a beloved. You are loved by God. Uh, you know, John would write in his letter. He said, "To the I'm the one whom Jesus loved." That is also true for you. And so the the, the idea of this series is. This is written for you, and these are your signs. These are your signs to know that you can put your faith and your trust in him. And the way that John went about it, was, is that he said, hey, listen, there's, there's ways in which faith is all about. What is faith about? What is, be, what is belief about? And he says, I, I've, I've written these things down. But John said, I could have written a lot more things, but I just wanted to give you these seven things that would be so helpful. So we've been looking at John 20, and he says, but these have been written. So what, what, what are these, the seven, the seven signs that, that John wrote about? But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have, who can remember? Life in his name, right? There it is. Life in his name. That's what he wants us to to know. He says, I wrote these things. I recorded these events I could have recorded a lot more than than I did but I, I only had enough there wouldn't have been enough you know libraries in the world to contain all the things that Jesus did and all the things that Jesus taught he goes so I just try to condense it down to what I think would be so helpful for you to know that by believing in Jesus that he's the Christ the son of God and that by believing you can have life life right now Jesus said life abundant you know that life that life that you can have right now that is that is fulfilling with purpose with meaning you know that you're not looking other places in this world for that that you're you're satisfied your your thirst is quenched in Jesus that's what the kind of life that he's talking about so he said and here's what's true for when it comes to faith or belief not just necessarily in a religious context but in any context he says that faith or belief for you and for me in any context, is evidence of what we've seen. So it's evidence of what we've seen. That's how we establish some sort of faith in something, belief in something, um, whatever that may be. Uh, Faith is always an object. So whatever the object is of of your faith, it's based on, according to John and all the other writers, uh, New Testament writers, he, he would say, based on the evidence of what we have seen. John's like, I saw Jesus but I wasn't the only one that saw Jesus alive after I saw him die. Many 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 people. Many people saw him alive. And so I and so now since you and I weren't there, we now take the writings of John, but not just only the writings of John. Though the writings of John would be More than any other historical, uh, you know, evidence or any other historical, you know, that we say that this has happened or this is true or this this took place— John alone would have been way more than any other, you know, uh, you know situation where e- evidence or history teaches that of, of an event that took place. John said, not just me, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, you know, Paul, James, you know, I don't know. He says, I want you to have confidence and know that these are credible sources of, of what you've heard, of what you've heard. So that's why John is saying, listen, you probably you didn't see Jesus, but I'm writing this to you so you can know and you can have confidence that I'm a credible source and you what you hear is true. And so I want to have these seven signs to build your faith or to build your faith, or, or maybe you put it in these terms, build your faith, your trust, your belief. I want you to have these signs so that you can build these things, okay? So um, sign number four, sign number four, it, it begins like this. John writes it this way. After these things, after these things, what are, what are these things? Well, these things are Jesus just heard that his cousin, a friend, a forerunner was just Beheaded. He was just beheaded by hair. And so he just receives the word of 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 a beheading. Can you imagine the 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 grief? Jesus was human. He was God in a body. He felt what we feel. He felt the loss. He felt the pain. He felt the grief. Uh, he felt all these things. And so as a result of that, after he hears about his, the loss of a family member and the way that he died, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee or another name for it is, is Tiberius. Then it says in verse two, a large crowd was following him because they were watching there it is the signs which he was performing on those who were sick and so jesus is trying to maybe maybe get away get by himself get alone but they were seeing what Jesus was doing. And, and, and that's oftentimes how people work. It's, it's not who Jesus is, but what can Jesus do for me, right? It's not not what, he, he, what he's about, but what I can get from him. And so they, they were starting to see all these signs of what he was doing and, and amazing things that he was performing. And so there was a large crowd that was following him because of what they, what they saw. Verse 3, but Jesus went up the mountain and there he sat, with his disciples. Verse 4. Now the Passover, now don't don't forget that. Don't don't forget that. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews was near. So here's Jesus Trying to probably get away to, to, to deal with, probably spend some time praying and trying to you know cope with the fact that he just lost somebody that he loves and he 's trying to get away, but uh, but he can 't he can 't escape like the large crowds are now following him, he goes up to this mountain they 're heading it 's near Passover, Passover is near, uh, and so but Jesus just needed a moment so but he doesn 't get one he doesn 't get one because here comes the large crowds now, this particular sign. Is the only sign other than the resurrection of Jesus that all four gospel writers record? This is the only sign that all four Matthew, Mark, Luke, John all four record this particular miracle, this particular sign. So here's what it says in Matthew. Matthew says it this way. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this place is secluded and the hour is already past to eat. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. And so Jesus spent some time there. Large crowds are gathering. The other, I think Luke or Mark said that Jesus spent some time teaching, teaching the people while they were there, teaching them about the, the kingdom of heaven, and, and the disciples, it's, they're saying, listen, it's getting late. It's getting, we're in a secluded area, and these people that came to you are hungry. They're getting hungry, and the disciples are probably thinking to themselves, we are getting hungry. We are getting hungry, because... Oftentimes we don't, when we're hungry, we're not thinking about anybody else's hunger. We're thinking about our own hunger. I'm getting hungry. We're getting hungry. So they're like, send these people away. Send these people away. Then back to John, back to John's account of of the story. So Jesus, after raising his eyes and seeing that a large crowd was coming to him, said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? And now, again, they're hungry, the disciples are hungry, they're probably getting hangry, and Jesus is asking questions like he always does. And he turns to Philip and says, where are we going to buy bread so that we can feed all of these people? Now, the story tells us that there was 5,000, but that only was saying 5,000 men. When you have men, there's probably women. And when you have men and women, there's probably children. So there was probably fifteen to 20,000 people there that day. And Jesus looks at Philip and says, how do we buy bread? How do we feed all of these fifteen to 20,000 people? Here's Philip's response. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not enough for them, for each to receive just a little. Like, you see the exclamation point? Like, Philip's like, what? Like, you wanting us to feed, you're, you're, we're like, all these people, like two, you know how much 200 denarii? 200 denarii, one denarii is one day's wage. So 200 days of wages, he said, isn't even enough for them. It's not even enough. And if it was, it was like, they could just get like a little, bite. They just get a little bite. So based on the account, here's what's going on. They're thinking it's getting late and we have no money. It's getting late. We're in a desolate place and we have no money. In other words, we have no time and we have no dime. (laughs) Right? You know me with my rhymes. So that's where they're going, like, we have no time and we have no dime. That's, isn't that ultimately like how we, like, what, it, what are the oftentimes the most valuable things that we have? It's our money and it's our time. And Jesus is going, I want you, I, I know you're thinking in those terms. They're going, listen, it's getting late. We're in a desolate place. We need to send the people away right? We need to send them away. So solution, their first perspective was, their first solution was, let's just send the problem, I mean, the people away. Let's just send the people away. They're hungry. I mean, I'm hungry. They're hungry, Jesus. Like, send the, prob- the people away. And Jesus, we don't have enough money to solve this problem, we have no time and we have no dime. We are in, here, here's another way to say it. We are in a, the wrong place at the wrong time. How many of you ever said that before? I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. But look what it says. Look what Jesus says. Jesus asks Philip. Philip says 200 denarii. We can't even give enough for them to have a bite, but he was saying this only to test him, for he himself knew what he intended to do. You know what? You know what, it's not what's not unlike God for do to do? Test us. <laughs> test us. And you know what tests are? Tests are trust tests. They're trust tests. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me with your time? Do you trust me with your dime? Do you trust me when you're in the wrong place at the wrong time? Do you trust me? Tests, and you know what tests give us? Tests give us unrest, don't they? Those, t- those times where God puts us in those tests. But here's Here's the, the misconception or the misperception or however you say that. Here's the misunderstanding of why, how we view God's trust tests. You see, look, look it. Tests are not for God to see what you are made of. He already knows what you're made of. But tests are for you to see what God is made of. Come on, that that is worth a clap, I think. (laughs) Tests are not, God's like, I already know what you're made of, but I just want you to know. I just want you to see what I am made of. And that's what trust tests are. He's like, listen, I know, I know you're at a place desolate, secluded. It's getting late. You don't have any money. There's a problem. There's a lot of problems where your value, where you're putting your value. Instead of putting your value on me, you're putting your value somewhere else. I just want to test you because I want you to know what I'm made of and what I can do in and through that test. You see, oftentimes we, when it comes to our problems, we want to push them away, or send them away, or ignore them, or, or when it comes to our problems, we want to buy them off, you know, pay them off, you know, like we just, we think that money will solve that problem, or if we just ignore the problem, or brush the problem under the rug, or send the problem away, that that will, that's the solution to it, and sometimes Jesus is going, oftentimes, Jesus is going, I just want you to trust me through that problem, I just want you to trust me. I want you to walk through. I want you to see that this issue, this problem, this test is a way for God to show how trustworthy and faithful he is. Do you see it? The disciples send it away. The disciples are going, we don't have enough money to solve this. And Jesus is like, I've got another way. I've got another way that I've been intending to do all along, but it's a test. It's a test as you walk through these trials and difficulties and these challenges and these problems. Do you, Jesus asking, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Story goes on. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a boy here. Who has five barley loaves, which is which is barley loaves, were a poor person's uh, uh, bread, five barley loaves and two fish, but what are these for so many people? And I don't know if it, you know if, if Andrew was like, you know, Jesus. All we could come up with was you know these five barley loaves and these two fish. Right? I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, the, you know, I don't know if he's like, so it'd be like, so I, I, this is the best example I could come up with. Can you, I don't know if you can see it, but I've got like goldfish crackers. <laughs> so it's like, you know, what I'm talking about like these goldfish. So I, I combined the bread and the fish and made it a goldfish cracker. Right? <laughs> and they're like, I've got, I've, this is what we came up with. Like, it would be like, hey, listen, how many of you, like, let's, the room here, in this room, like, how do we divvy up this in my hand? First of all, you're like, it's in your hand. I wouldn't eat it in the first place. But like, how do I, how do I divvy up this, this fish and these crackers with with all, and this is, this is essentially what Andrew was saying. He's like, all we could come up with was like five loaves and two fish. This is, this is all we could come up with. This is all we have. And they went around, they went around the crowd and like, who, how much food do you have? How much food do you have? How much food do you have? And it was just a boy, a boy that said, here's my lunch. You can have my lunch and probably Andrew's coming back like like facetiously going, Jesus, um, here's five loaves and two fish. There you go. This is what we got. Have fun. And of course, Jesus looks at this and he goes, have the people recline and eat to eat. And I got to imagine at this point, the disciples are going, oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You're Jesus. We've already seen you do things that are unbelievable and what seems to be impossible. I don't know why we didn't trust you in the first place. Have the people recline to eat. And then it says, now there were plenty of grass in the place, so the men reclined about 5,000 in number. About 5,000 in number. So they go around. What you got? What you got? What you got? Hey, what do you got? Oh, this is, this is what we got. This is what we have right here. This is what we got. And Jesus is going, that's a good start. I can work with that. As a matter of fact, Jesus is going, I don't need anything anyways, because he's the creator. God didn't, God, God didn't need anything. He got spoke into things into existence he he didn't need anything but it was just this boy going here's I got this I've got a few loaves and a few fish here you go with that so my question for you is and my question for me is what you got what you got I I got a lunch I brought a lunch you don't have a Spider-Man lunch box? <laughs> I'm, I am a little upset. I did order a, a 1980 Star Wars tin lunch box. That's probably at my house right now. It was supposed to come yesterday, but it didn't. It, it's not here until today. So I had to settle for a, a Spider-Man lunchbox. So, so my question is, is what, what you got? Remember, remember when you were in school, when you, when you brought your lunch to school, and then you would, you would you'd open up, it was lunchtime, and you would open up your lunchbox, and you would kind of go around asking the people in your class, hey, what you got? Would you, would you pack? Would your mom put in your lunchbox? Anybody, can anybody relate to this at all? Okay, good. Hey, would, would you bring? Would you bring? What you got? So that's ultimately what Jesus is asking you today and me today. What you got? So in my lunch, I got some relationships Don't you have some... Thank you, George. Don't you have some relationships? No, you have relationships, but I brought relationships today. I know, I know. I just You'll remember this. It's cheesy and you'll remember it. But you have in your life some relationships. In my lunch, I got... Um, some health care it's <laughs> health carrots. It it gets worse from here, by the way. Like, I was like relationships. This is gonna be great. And then as I was going through my lunch, I was like, I'm running out of ideas. So th- this is this is health. Your health. Maybe it's like you know you got your physical health. That you it's a, it's what you got. You got your physical. You got your emotional. You got your mental. It, it's your relation. It's not, no, I'm, I'm off that. You're, it's your health care-its. And some days you're like in the carrot mood, but some days you're in the cupcake mood, right? 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 You got your carrots and you get your cupcakes, right? You got that, All right, All right. You got your financial fruit. Thanks. Thanks, Pastor Jason. You got your financial fruit, right? You got your, fri- your fruit in there. You got uh, here, Here's one. Here's your spiritual life. You got your PB&J. That stands for prayer, Bible, and Jesus. Thank you. Oh. I thought of that one this morning. I literally woke up, and God's like, PB&J, prayer, Bible, and Jesus. I had a ham sandwich, and I had nothing good for that. So I asked my wife to- She'll tell you, I asked my wife eh, before I'm walking out the door, can you make me a peterangelium? And we only had two pieces of bread left. So when I go home, I expect to have 20,000 loaves of bread. (laughs) Jesus is still doing miracles, people. I got my school aid or my job juice. No, not as good, not as good. I've got another compartment. We're still going with this. We got, look at this compartment down here. We got, we got a lot of things going, right? We got some cookie in, cooking, cooking. That was lame, I know. All the other things that pop up, this is popcorn. <laughs> we got to get our napkins in. We got to get our naps in, All right? Thank you. And I know, I know, you're oatmeal and raising some kids, What you got? You got those? That's what you're packing in your lunch. And you can either like go like, I can't wait to send them away. (laughs) Or I can't wait to buy I'm just gonna try to buy off all the problems. But Jesus is going. What you got? What you got? You got relationships, you got your finances, you got your health, you got your kids, you got your marriage, you got your hobbies, you got your habits, you got all the things that pop up in life, all the business, the schedules, all the routines, everything that you got going on, and Jesus is going, here's what he's saying to you and to me, here's what he's saying, give it all, give all that you have to Jesus. Don't you, yeah. That's a lot, it's a lot. Can you imagine this boy, this boy showed up, this little boy showed up and he's like, he had a lot for himself. He had a lot for himself. He had five loaves, five barley loaves, two fish. That was his lunch I don't know if he was planning on sharing it that day, but he was willing to give it all to Jesus. It was a lot for him. Listen, listen. This is a lot for you and for me. But you know what it's not a lot for? It's not a lot for Jesus. It's not a lot. It's a lot for you. That's a big lunch for the one but for everybody, it's like, it's not enough. It's not enough. And it wasn't a lot for Jesus, but it was a lot for that boy. And he's saying, come on, give it. Give it to me. Well, what does that look like? I, and, and, and it's easy to say, and we have heard this before, give it all to Jesus, give it all to Jesus, give it, give it all to Jesus. What does that, what does that mean? Well, I think this story helps us understand what that means. How do we give it all to Jesus? Well, look what it says in verse 11. Jesus then took the loaves and after giving thanks. Now, again, let's go back to our goldfish metaphor. Here is what they put in Jesus' hands to feed all of these people. And Jesus took the loaves and he gave thanks. This is so absurd that I'm sure the disciples didn't even bow their head or close their eyes. You're giving thanks for that? You're giving thanks for that? Like, like this it, it must be a joke. Like, this is all we've got. There's 20,000 people out in this field and you have just a few fish and a few loaves of bread and you're giving thanks for that? Listen, and Jesus is going, yeah, yeah. So how we give things to Jesus, how we give what we pack in our lunch, what we have, what you got, how do we give that to Jesus is first thing, give him some gratitude. Let's give him some gratitude. Like, let's be grateful for what we do have that we do have relationships, that we do have our health, that we do have our finances, that we do have a job, that we do have, you know, prayer, the ability to pray and and to read the Bible and have some time with Jesus. Like, come on, like, let's give him some gratitude for what we do have, oftentimes we're complaining about, oh, I've got to work. Oh, I've got to pay the bills. Oh, I've got, you know, I need some more money. Oh, I've got my kids are, you know, a mess or, man, my marriage is hard. And we complain. And Jesus is going, give me what you got. Give me what you got. And give him some gratitude for it. Like happy people, happy people. They're grateful people in the first place. Like it's not they they're happy first and then they show gratitude. No, you show gratitude. You're grateful. That in turn makes you happy. That's how it works. That's how it works. You remember the, the, the lepers? Remember the, lep, the ten of them? Remember this story in the, in the New Testament? Ten lepers came to Jesus and they're like, we, we need to be healed. Jesus heals all ten lepers. They, they go away. He says, go and report, you know, go show yourself to the priest in the temple. They go only, remember the story? Only one came back and said, thank you for making us whole. Only one. Like, Two things. Don't be a statistic and be one of a kind. Don't be a statistic and be one of a kind. And you know how you're not a statistic? You show gratitude. You know how you're one of a kind? You show Him gratitude for what we have. What we have. Thank you. Thank you for the job. Thank you for the money. Thank you for the relationships. Thank you for the health. Thank you. Thank you. Give him some gratitude. And then Luke Luke records this. He says, and he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed them and broke them and gave them to the disciples again and again and and, and Luke wrote and again and again and again and again to serve the crowd, to serve the crowd. Now, God, or specifically in this, Jesus didn't need his disciples. He didn't need them. Like he gave them the privilege and the opportunity to serve people. But he didn't need them. But he gave them that, the privilege. He gave them the opportunity to say, listen, you can be a part of something that I'm doing, a great thing that I'm doing. We can Be a part of it. And he doesn't need us to do that. Like he turned a few loaves and a few fish into feeding 20,000 people. Do you think he needed his disciples to serve the people? Jesus could have put that bread and that fish into their mouths and into their stomachs without them even knowing it. And they would have been full and going, what did I even eat? Jesus could have done that. But instead he goes, hey guys, you want to be a part of this? Hey, guys, do you want to be on mission with me? Hey, do you, want to get the, do you want to get the privilege of serving people? I'm going to let you be a part of it. And a, parting, a part of giving it all to Jesus is, number one, showing him gratitude. But number two, give him the grind. You know what I'm talking about, the daily grind. Like... The, the lunch that you packed, let's be honest, it could be a grind. It's a grind. That's life. This is the world that we live in. This is the broken world that we live in. It's a daily grind. It's hard. It's not easy. It's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be hard. It's, it's, it's challenging. It's, it's, it's complexing. It's all the things that we kind of scratch our heads and go, what is going on? And Jesus is going just Just give me the grind. Give me the grind. Here's the way that James, the brother of Jesus, says it this way For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Faith works. Faith works faith again faith is not some like oh you just got to like muster up and sort of uh, like i believe i believe in, no 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 faith works it works faith is in your every day grind you're saying i'm giving it to you jesus i'm giving you my family i'm giving you my marriage I'm giving you my job. I'm giving you my money. I'm giving it to you. It, wor- it works. Listen, your faith works at work. Your faith works with your finances. Your faith works in your marriage. Your faith works with your kids. Your faith works with your health. Faith works. And Jesus loves it when his workmanship In the way that they were created, they were created for good works. As a matter of fact, Paul said it that way. He says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that you would walk in them. Walk in them. Faith and work, they work together. Imagine walking, okay? Imagine walking. You got faith, works, faith, Works. Faith works. Faith works. Out of the light. Back in the light. Faith works. Faith works. Faith works. You see? And then you, after, after walking, you scarcely know what is what. But it's walking by faith. Walking. Doing. Walking. Faith works. Faith works. That's what he made us for. He doesn't need you. But he wants you to be a part of an opportunity to be in mission with him at your job, in your home, with your money, with your health, and whatever other things pop up. I I like that popcorn one. I like the popcorn one. Don't clap, don't clap, stop, stop. You're his masterpiece. That he wants you to be the hands and the feet in this world that needs to see Jesus. So what you got? What you got? Give it to Jesus. Be grateful, by the way, For what you got, be grateful and show him some gratitude. Thank you, Lord. And faith, faith works, by the way. Faith works, by the way. He doesn't need you. He wants to use you. He didn't need the disciples to distribute the food. He allowed them to have a part in his miracle. You and I get to be a part of his saving miracle in somebody's heart. How incredible is that? Lastly, let's gather up all of God's faithfulness. Let's gather up all of God's faithfulness. What do I mean by that? Well, the story finishes up this way in John 6, 12, and says, when they had eaten their fill. That's what Jesus will do for you, by the way. He'll fill you up. He said to his disciples, gather up the leftover pieces so that nothing will be lost. Verse 13, so they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with pieces from the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. I think there's something significant about this. The twelve baskets, I think, were meant to be a reminder to those Jesus followers that day of God's faithfulness. When you walk into the doors of this church, and you go and you have a coffee in the what we call the Twelve Stones Cafe. The reason why we call it the 12 Stones Cafe is because it's a story from the Old Testament. It's a story of of Joshua and the people of God. And Joshua led the people of God across the Jordan River. But but as they were walking into the Jordan River and, and they were literally, literally walking out their faith. They were working out their faith. They were walking and working and wondering and trusting. And as they were walking through the Jordan River, the the, the scripture tells us that the waters of the Jordan parted for them to walk over into the land that was promised to them. And then once the nation of Israel, once God's people walked into the promised land, that God showed his faithfulness, that they could trust God. You know what God told them to do? He said, put 12 stones, each representing the 12 tribes of Israel, as a memorial for my faithfulness. And so they did. They put 12 stones. And every time people would walk by the Jordan River, they would see those 12 stones that they built up as a reminder that you can trust God, that God is faithful. Even when you and I are not faithful, God is trustworthy. Every time they walked by And here are these disciples. After Jesus gets done feeding, who knows, thousands of people, there was leftovers. There was 12 baskets left over as a reminder. And so for us today, it's just remembering that maybe what you have, what you got looks like this. It looks like this. It looks like this, but what God wants to do is that God wants to have you know that he is trustworthy, that he is faithful, that he's saying, listen, I, don't, I want this to be a reminder to you that this, I, this is how trustworthy I am. I, I wanna take, I wanna take this. And I want to make it this in your life. And that is about gathering up the faithfulness of God. It's the faithfulness of God. And this, these 12 baskets or these 12 stones or these 12 boxes of goldfish crackers, which by the way, everybody gets a box. No, you you can have as many, you can leave as many as you want with, with as you want. Hey, it's about gathering up and remembering how faithful God is. And maybe I'm sure, I'm sure if you sat down and you should, I'm sure if you sat down and you could think of you could think of 12 things. 12 things that God has shown his faithfulness. And my advice to you is this, when you think about those 12 things, be grateful, be grateful. And know when there's, when there's times in your life where things feel like this, when there's times in your life that you're wanting to solve the problem by sending the problem away or ignoring the problem or paying off the problem, I just want you to remember and gather up the faithfulness of God that this is what God can do in and through you. He's faithful. He's faithful. Father, Father, God, we thank you so much. We're so grateful for what we do have. The relationships that we have in our life, the jobs that we get to have in our life, the education that we get in our life, the freedoms that we get in our life, the kids, the marriage, the grandkids, the retirement, the vacations, all of it is grace, None of us deserve it. We didn't earn it. We're just grateful for it. And we're just gonna give it to you, give it all to you, give you gratitude. And we're gonna know that our faith is worked out. Our faith is best expressed when we do and we get to participate in the miracle of what you've already prepared ahead of time for us to just walk in. And just like walking, we're going to step in faith and we're going to work and we're going to step in faith and we're going to work and we're going to step in faith and we're going to work. All of it, God, all of it is grace given. And we're going to gather up and be reminded of those 12 stones or those 12 baskets or those 12 times that we all have in this room to be reminded of how we can trust you and how you are faithful. Even in the moments where it feels like we just have a few fish and a few loaves of bread, what you can do with it in your hands, we can't even imagine. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a happy Sunday, everybody. God bless you. Enjoy your goldfish. Take two, 10, or 15 packs. There's plenty.